we'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it because every grandma likes RuPaul. <laughs> the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. <laughs> wow. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, Yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Well, hello, and thank you so very much for joining me today for part two of the normalization of sexual immorality. For those of you who have not heard part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But um, we started out taking a look back at how we've gotten to where we are today. We started to take a look back and we talked about some of the forms of sexual immorality that have led up to where we are. We also defined the term uh, normalization and sexual immorality. So today's episode is pretty much going to focus on from where we left off, which was, um, we'll be talking very, very briefly, starting off today with prostitution. But the bulk of today's episode will be focused on the biggest issues in regard to sexual immorality today that are really enveloping everyone, which is homosexuality. And we're also going to touch upon the transgender craze. So I hope this episode really, really helps to educate you a little further and maybe get you thinking even more about the issue of sexual immorality and the the havoc that it is just wreaking in our society, in families, in individuals, in cultures, in, in the church. It is a huge problem. And it seems so many of our other problems are wrapped up in the issue of sexual immorality. So thank you again for joining me for part two of today's episode. Um, and then, of course, we have prostitution. Um, I didn't, I don't know if you wrote a whole lot about that. I just, other than people trying to legalize it, as <laughs> just as another profession, like. It's hmm. the oldest profession. Yes, yes. So, well, if it's that old, then it should be legalized. But yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, some women, they, they need to support their families, they say. Yeah. They have no other alternative. Well, I don't believe that. Right. If God, okay, the, the first thing you have to do is you have to turn to God. If right. you're having a hard time feeding your family or paying your rent or putting food in your own mouth, whatever, right. the first thing to do is to go to God. That's the, that's the first thing. And because right. we know God does not want you doing those things, trust me, he doesn't. Right. He's going to give you other avenues in which to get food or money or both, feed your family. Um, right. other than, than, um, sin. Uh, than sin. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> other than sin. Um, so that's, that's the first thing we have to, we have to keep in mind with that. God will give you an alternative. 
he'll yes. give you a way out of that. So polygamy, I thought about the show Sister Wives. Yeah. And I don't know what other shows there are about it, but trying to normalize polygamy. And, and people say, well, King Solomon had multiple wives and uh, these, these kings and people in the Bible. Yes, they did. The Bible speaks of it. Right. But it's never condoned. Right. It just right. speaks of the fact that they did. But let's keep in mind the downfall of many of these men. Well, well, let's look at King Solomon. His downfall, he married women who were pagan. Right. Yes, and exactly. he strayed. Just because the Bible talks about it in men of the Bible, um, sinners, broken, like the rest of us, because they did that in those times, it doesn't mean that God approved of it. Exactly. Um, which is why when it comes to holding office in church in the New Testament, we are told that he needs to be the husband of one wife. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, polygamy is is never acceptable either. It's, it's, it's not okay. I don't care how sister wives or whatever shows may present it to be that they're somehow just like you and I just trying to live their lives and be good people and raise families. And um, it's not normal. It's, it's wrong. <laughs> right. But I don't know. I'm starting to see like that. I think it was a judge in uh, New York city that approved this might bleed into your um, uh, Palamori. Mm -hmm. uh, Polyamory. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. But uh, you're starting to see little bits of, uh, snippets about polygamy or two more spouses, right? That's yep. starting to slowly creep in. So it, again, it's trying to get us to be desensitized to it. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's another progression that we're going to definitely come along to, but yeah, that's, that's disturbing for sure. Yeah. All right. So we're working our way up here to the homosexuality. Now, homosexuality has been a problem for thousands of years. Yes, that's existed yes. in biblical times. Um, it exists now. However, however, the difference now is, again, well, kind of like pornography, right? It was something that was hush-hush. Mm -hmm. um, it was practiced in the dark, so to speak. And it was not condoned by most people for a good reason. Um, now we've come to the point where it is recognized, it's accepted, it's embraced, it's actually celebrated because homosexuals wanted to have the same marriage recognition from the state that heterosexual couples have. But let's keep in mind, the state doesn't define marriage. God, the author of marriage, defines it. Uh, plain and simple, as much as people don't want to hear that, Okay. So we've legalized same-sex marriage. Um, President Obama lit up the White House in rainbow colors. And I swear I could hear God's gavel of judgment come down when that happened. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we, oh, such a, such a sad, sad moment in the history of our country. Right. Again, all sexual activity outside of God's boundaries of within the marriage bed, one man, one woman, it doesn't matter if it's heterosexual or homosexual, it's sin. Right. It disgusts him. He hates it. 
And it hurts us and it hurts those we love. It hurts our society. It hurts our world. It hurts families. But what I feel is different here from the other sexual sins is that those other sexual sins are not being celebrated as loudly as this is. Mm -hmm. Those other sexual sins, unless I'm missing something, and maybe I am page so correct me if i'm wrong but they're not attacking people's livelihoods they're not being forced down people's throats except or else Mm -hmm. people aren't being persecuted marginalized or you know labeled with false labels because they don't agree with this thinking or they don't embrace it this is a movement that is being fought in the civil rights arena It's affecting the freedom of churches, Christians, to worship in spirit and truth, really. So this makes it a lot more problematic to me than than the other ones. And I think of Romans 1, verses 24 through 27, so God gave them over because they didn't recognize and honor God. And it's the progression. And so it's like almost to me, one of the worst things that God does is to give people over to, and it talks about homosexuality. It talks about people burning with unnatural desires, men for men, women for women, to do the things that they shouldn't be doing. So this is why I think we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about homosexuality. I'm not trying to to say that all the other sins are inconsequential or you know what I mean? That they're not wrong, but I'm just, I want to focus on this because I'm seeing this, this seems to be what's tripping up people more than anything. Yes. And it's all those other sins that we just mentioned before the, the other avenues of sexual immorality have brought us to this. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. What are yes. your thoughts? Well, um, I kind of see, uh, sexual immorality as a huge umbrella with adultery, homosexuality, polygamy and everything that we've discussed so far underneath that umbrella. It's uh, not one sin is greater than the other. Um, Even though I know you have Sodom and Gomorrah and God destroyed the city because of homosexuality. I know we're not trying to pick on that classification of people, but it's, it's a sin and they are just totally rebelling and perverting what God and sex for. So mm-hmm. that's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that they're trying to bully people into not calling sin, sin in this situation. And I got to tell you, Sodom and Gomorrah now, I saw something that I just stumbled across actually on YouTube yesterday. And it was amazing. Maybe you've seen it, it was a documentary on Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, th- there are people who say that, and I think it's in Ezekiel where he mentions the sin of Sodom. And he said that it was inhospitality or something. Um, And so they say, well, no, God didn't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of sexual sin or homosexuality. He destroyed it because they were inhospitable. Inhospitable? (laughs) The word there. You know, they weren't showing hospitality. They They were arrogant. You know, yes, those are those are some of those sins. But if you also listen to Isaiah and other verses in the Bible that refer to the sin of Sodom, it is homosexuality. Right. 
Um, and yeah, they were inhospitable because, all right, let's let's go back to the two visitors, the angels yes. that came to see Lot and to check out exactly what was going on. And here, men, young and old, by the way, of the city, were trying to get through those doors of Lot's home to rape yes. those other men. And they threatened Lot if he didn't let them through. And Lot asked them to please not do such a wicked thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't think being inhospitable, am I saying the word right? <laughs> not showing hospitality is wickedness, first right. of all. They wanted to have sexual relations with these men. To the point where, and of course, Lot. This is this is a horrible thing. He, it's so wicked. He even offers his daughters, <laughs> yes, to uh, to them, which is right. Ugh. But but I I wonder if now this is just my opinion. I wonder okay. if Lot knew that the the men and the boys outside of his door did not care about his virgin daughters, they and obviously they didn't. Right. They wanted them, the, the angels, which we know are angels, but they wanted the men yeah. that uh, came to visit Lot. They weren't, they didn't care about his daughters. And I think that's why he felt safe. Maybe this mm -hmm. again, this is my opinion as to that, why he offered his virgin daughters to them. That could very well be. Yeah. yeah. I, and I hope so because what a horrible thing for a father to, right. to do, but, but these men refused. And so, you know, the, the angels struck them blind. And what really blows your mind is that they continue to weary themselves out trying to get through that door, even though they were struck blind. Wouldn't you stop dead in your tracks and be freaking out because you're blind? Right. Exactly. But, but they were so, so determined and just so wicked in their desire to have at these men that they just were trying and trying and trying to get to them till they wearied themselves out. So yeah. um, that is why Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. It was sexual immorality. And I'm sure there was adultery going on. I'm sure there was pornography going on. I'm right. sure there was fornication going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. But um, it's funny, the Bible specifically mentions homosexuality and you see all the men that apparently seems to be what they're interested in right. um, is, is other men. But God destroyed them in judgment because of that. But this documentary that I saw yesterday this young man and a couple other people, they, they walked around the site and you can see remains of, um, it looks like maybe a Sphinx, uh, mm -hmm. ziggurat, a temple. Mm -hmm. Um, there's walls. You can see the walls of the city of using Gomorrah actually. And everything is ash, Wow. ash, ash, and more ash. And when you touch the stuff, it's, it's a mixture of ash and petrified material, but what he found all over the place was brimstone. Wow, really? Everywhere is brimstone, okay? And brimstone is what we now call sulfur, by the way. Just brimstone is sulfur. So they were like these white rocks. They smelled of sulfur, and they were very flammable, and he <clears throat> would light a match to them. And they would burn instantly like molten lava. And if you turn the light off, they they burn blue. I don't know if you know, but a blue flame signifies a really hot flame. They burn <laughs> blue. And the thing is, th that sulfur there is 90% pure. Wow. Anywhere else in the world where you see sulfur, it's yellowish, first of all. It's white in the areas of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And it's only 40 to 50% pure everywhere else in the world. And you find it from geothermal activity like volcanoes. There is never, there's no history of then or now. There's none. There's no geothermal activity such as volcanoes mm -hmm. anywhere near where Sodom and Gomorrah are. Wow. So it's wow. only there that you find that colored sulfur, that purity. And by the way, there's no brimstone found in between the cities either. Really? That's interesting. Wow. So this was God's wrath. And that place, by the way, when you when you read the scripture, it was lush. It was mm. lush with vegetation and teeming with life. Yeah. And now it's a barren, barren ash heap. Wow. Oh, and there's burned rock. Wow, you can right. see a lot of the rock is just burned. You can see where stuff was melted along the sides. It it ran down. The these swirly formations in the rocks that happen when something's heated over six thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Just all these things, and you know, and the 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 narrator, documentary guy, whatever. He he had a point. He said, "Why is this not designated as a tourist site?" But like he said, people would refuse to believe anyway. Right. Even though the Bible gives that account, even though there's overwhelming physical evidence as to what happened there. And by the way, those of you listening, God's judgment, his wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah is also a prelude to his coming wrath. Mm. It was for us to know that this is what's going to happen again. Right. So, and that was something I had never really thought about either until they, they talked about that in scripture um, from the, the account of Genesis. But I, th I think the New Testament mentions it a couple times too, but it was amazing. I'll put the link to that documentary in the um, podcast description too, because I think people should watch it, mm. you know, but so yeah, um, Sodom and Gomorrah, we know that that was a, a huge lesson. And, you know, people have trouble with the, with the verses in Leviticus, where the Bible clearly condemns all kinds of sexual immorality. Mm -hmm. um, Leviticus chapter 18, verses 6 through 30, teaches the law of, of morality. Many sexual sins are listed in those verses. You also have Leviticus 20, 13, uh, Romans 1, verses 24 through 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, and 1 Timothy 1, 8 through 11. I don't know if I missed any. Um, I think Jude. Jude might have mentioned Sodom yeah, and Gomorrah. But people have a problem with a Levitical account of that saying that was different then. But, you know, the thing is, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah before the Levitical code. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, he made it clear how he felt about sexual sin and homosexuality before right. then. But that's a whole different episode as far as Leviticus goes. And, you know, let's make it clear to those who are listening. And I've made it clear when I've addressed this issue in my other episodes. There are people who struggle with same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. And homosexual or heterosexual, look, we're all created in God's image. We are not to hate those who struggle with it, who practice it, who celebrate it, okay? We're to hate the sin. Right. Jesus died for the homosexual and the heterosexual, first of all. He had to die for our sins just as much as theirs, bottom line. So, you know, I think in, in dealing with someone and disagreeing with someone, we do need to have compassion on people who are deceived or who are struggling with their fleshly desires in this area. I, I really firmly believe that. 
But we are to love what God loves and to hate what he hates. Yeah. And hate meaning not the person, but the act of homosexuality. Correct. But, you know, we have the legalization of same-sex marriage. And, of course, the normalization of that started very quietly, kind mm -hmm. of in a, in a sinister way. I think, personally, it, a lot of it exploded with Ellen DeGeneres coming out, at least yeah. as far as the entertainment industry. Then there was this big push right. to definitely make it make it normal and be acceptable. Did you notice that at all? or? Well, uh, I think it became more noticed and more um, desired when Ellen DeGeneres came out. But yeah. also like in June of 1969, the Stonewall riots in New York, mm -hmm. um, the live and let live, uh, love is love thing that happened. Um, that I think that's what really uh, started the homosexual turning point to a degree, if you want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Love is love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you um, if I if somebody says love is love, um, and they're coming from the the side of of defending homosexual activity, I'll say, mm -hmm. well then, uh, what's wrong for a pedophile to um, rape a, a young child if love is love? If that pedophile loves that young child, then mm -hmm. who's to say that that's um, not wrong what they're doing? And of mm -hmm. course, they will typically say, well, that's wrong for the pedophile to do that because it's harming another person. They have to say, well, if uh, love is love, then you can't really say love is love because then you're, you have to say that the pedophile, there's nothing wrong with what the pedophile does. Right. Because you're, they're trying to be inclusive when they say that. Yeah. Well, you, if you're trying to be inclusive, then you have to include the pedophile right. in that. But, but the truth is homosexuality is hurting other people. It's, yeah. it's tearing down our society because God, you know, he chose in his wisdom and his goodness he set the foundation in the very beginning of creation, marriage being between one man and one woman and sexual activity only within the bounds of the marriage bed, which is one man, one woman. And they were to turn around and raise children in that same manner, teach them about God, right? And live within his boundaries. And when we don't do that, okay, we have chaos. Right. So we, we have the, the movement, we have, homes embracing it. We have churches embracing it. Now we have parents embracing it, teaching it to their children. We have our government embracing it. It has snuck into every facet of our lives. Yes. Um, there was a wonderful letter, and I know there are certain segments of society that don't like to hear this, but there was um, a wonderful letter written from someone where she wrote to the gay community who lived in a homosexual household. Because we know a mother and a father in the household is very important. I, I don't care what they say. Right. And then there are a lot of, if you dig, there are children and former children out there who are speaking out. They're trying to speak out about having been raised in a homosexual home and really missing what they needed. That was either a mother or a father trying to speak out. Of course, they're often threatened and bullied into silence while, while trying to speak out. But there was someone who had written, it was titled Dear Gay Community, Your Kids Are Hurting. Wow. And this was by a Heather Barr, 2015. And so she wrote a heartfelt letter to people just to let them know what her life was like. You know, how she, she grew up surrounded by women who said they didn't need or want a man. But when she was little, she desperately wanted a daddy. Mm. You know, she had this 
just ache for a father. But when you're living in a community that says men aren't necessary, you know, she felt a lot of anger for her dad not being there. And she said she still grieves over that loss today. She was very, very open and honest. She wasn't bashing the homosexual community, but she's mm -hmm. just trying to reach out and let them know that it does have an effect on their kids. Yeah. And most oftentimes a, a negative one. I can put that link in there. It's called Dear Gay Community and, and people can read it for themselves. And we know divorce happens, right? I mean, there's a lot of households without a, a, both a mother and a father. There's the tragedy of death. Yeah. There's divorce and divorce harms families. It, it, it does. It harms societies as well. So a lot of times there's, there's a less than ideal household, but, but it's one thing when it's done intentionally. <laughs> yeah. you know death death is, is something different when you look at um a homosexual couple typically one that is um a feminine side and there's one mm -hmm. that has more of a masculine side yes and um if you add children into that mix i mean that just right there tells you that it is kind of the um the mold of how of how god designed marriage to be a mother and mm -hmm. father uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm agreeing with the homosexual community. I think you know that. But um, it, if they're displaying these um, characteristics, right? then you have to know that God knows what he's doing. It's just amazing. Oh, I saw that with my family members' same-sex wedding this summer. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got one dressed in the dress and the veil like the bride and another one dressed in kind of a manly way. And I was like, don't you see? <laughs> you're, you're still playing out in a way God's created order. Right. And they don't even see that. They've succeeded in legalizing same-sex marriage. But the thing is, it hasn't been enough. Yeah. Okay. Because now we're bringing it to the schools. Right. Um, it's, it's in books. It's in children's books. They're going after people who who don't want to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding or prepare a marriage license for a same-sex wedding or provide flowers for a same-sex wedding. You know, they want to live according to the religious conscience, right. their godly Christian conscience, and they're trying to persecute them through the court system, uh, monetary fines, shutting down their livelihoods, right. and throwing that in with the, with the same thing as discrimination against someone because they're black. <laughs> Or, you know, because of their, their race or, or religion. I mean, that that's just silliness. You can't put homosexuality in the same group or box as someone's race or their ethnicity, you know? Right. That, that That's different. But I think what came on the heels awfully quick of once same-sex marriage was legalized was this transgender craze. Yes. And I call it a craze because it really is that. Because I feel like there's more people that don't really struggle with their gender. They just want to hop on this bandwagon and, and say that they're whatever they feel like being, however many genders they've created now. Which is, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's like a craze and it's really hit the children really badly. It's the, the, They're allowing the kids to base facts on their feelings. Feelings yeah. are not facts. Yep. Feelings are just feelings, right? I mean, you know, they may feel like they're a cat one day, which I know that's another topic, or they may feel like they're a boy one day. Uh, I mean, I, I, as a kid, I grew up as a, I guess you could classify me as a Tom. I want to 
be a boy. I wanted to act like a boy. I wanted to climb trees and play cowboys and Indians. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, as I got older, then I threw those toys away because they were not that important to me anymore. But um, I knew I was a girl. Like I said, I never desired to become a boy. I wanted to do boys things because they seemed many times more fun than playing Barbies. Sure. Yeah. Like you, you and millions and millions of other girls, same thing. Yes. Yeah. But this day and age, the second you act like that, that you're going to have adults convincing yeah. these children that they are in the wrong body. Right. That they are in fact a boy. Well, then maybe we should start dressing you in boy clothes and we should change your name from Paige to Pat, Pat you know, or something like that. Exactly. But for me personally, I feel like once we, we overstep the bounds in redefining marriage, the sexual morality, it progressed to even more, um, I call it depraved thinking at this point, to the point where people no longer know what sex they are. Right. They believe the lie that gender is fluid. They can transition from one to the next when they feel like it. Um, and as you said, it's based on feelings. And, and so what they're doing is they're trying to make the body match the mind. Mm -hmm. No, you got to make the mind match the body. Right. That's how you treat this. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of former transgenders out there who went the hormonal route, went the sex reassignment surgery route, butchered themselves, yeah. and now have to live with that. And speaking out, saying, I was sick. I wasn't able to make a decision for myself, but people rushed me into affirming. Right. They rushed to affirm my, my mental illness and push me into hormones and, and sex reassignment surgery. Oh, I just heard just on the radio two days ago, between 2016 and 2019, sex change surgery increased in teenage girls by 400%. Wow. 400% double mastectomies. Wow. Well, I, I, even, I, I even heard that some of the hospitals are performing hysterectomies. Mm-hmm. Yes. On uh, children. Yes. Yeah. That's it's just so sad because the, the, the bottom line is we went somewhere we never should have gone right. with, with the progression of adultery, all, all these things, and now redefining marriage. We went somewhere we never should have gone. We opened what they call Pandora's box. Yeah. And this is the reason why God has set boundaries for mankind. Why? Because he knows us. <laughs> Right. Exactly. He yeah, knows. Exactly. Yeah. He knows our hearts. He knows we're fallen. And he knows that for us, it's never, it's never enough. Um, it wasn't enough to make cohabitation normal, to say premarital sex is okay. You know, that it's, it's what people do when you're just doing the way nature intended. It wasn't enough to even legalize same sex marriage, to redefine marriage. It wasn't enough. So here we are now. But the thing is, there are people within the gay community that see this, by the way. Mm -hmm. You ever watch Prager U? Yes. Dennis Prager? Yes. Um, Amalia, is that her name? That young girl there, I love her. She she grew up with uh, homosexual parents. As a matter of fact, her mm -hmm. moms were lesbians and she was a leftist. She's seen it all, the pride parades and, and everything. She shared a letter from someone from the homosexual community that sees, and he's not the only one, they see just how bad things are getting and how much worse they're going to get. Um, 
so this letter said, and again, I will definitely provide the link to it for people. I'm just looking real quick for that. Um, well, you also heard about the, this hat was what a couple of years ago, I think maybe at the start of the pandemic when the San Francisco gay choir. Yeah. Just my finger ran across it as you said that. That was so weird. Talk more. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when they, when they sang the song, um, we're coming for your kids. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's the title of their song, but um, it's definitely verbiage in there that says we are coming for your kids. We're coming for your children. Let me see. Yeah. For your children. Sorry. I have the lyrics. You think we're sinful. This is what it says. You fight against our right. You say we all lead lives you can't respect, but you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, justice once you're correct. Wow. The song continues. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco, warn about San Francisco, make them wear pleated pants. We don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. Just like you're worried they'll change their group of friends you won't approve of where they go at night. And you'll be disgusted when they start learning things online that you kept far from their sight. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it because every grandma likes RuPaul. <laughs> the world's getting kinder. Gen Z's gayer than grinder. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. <laughs> wow. That that's so threatening in some ways, um, mm -hmm. but it, it's so true in many ways because they just they want this to be like an equal opportunity kind of thing for everybody, and they think like everybody has this uh, uh, sexual desire to become gay. Mm -hmm. um, it's just wow. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Yes. So yeah, here's um. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll read this letter and then we'll just end it with that for today. How's that? Sure. And then we can collect our thoughts to, to finish it up. But so it's a, it's a letter to the left from a, from a gay man. It wasn't enough. It says, Oh, you're angry because of the reversal of Roe versus Wade. Okay. You're angry because you think they will come for gay marriage next and gay relations. Okay. Let's see whose fault is that per se. Any guesses? We're looking right at the issue now. You. All we gay, bi, lesbians, and even some sane transgender people wanted was to be able to live our lives as normal people and blend in with the rest of the community with our partners. We got that back in 2015 and we were good with it. In fact, we were closing the fight after that. However, for you, it wasn't enough. You sent your minions to a Christian baker who just wanted to bake cakes and follow his belief in God. You didn't want to go to the next store. You chose him so you could attack his beliefs. Mm -hmm. You did so, so many times over. I am surprised he's still in business. It wasn't enough. You began pushing Pride Month where corporations would virtue signal by putting pride labels on their logos. You know, we have um, General Electric in our town mm -hmm. and they have the big GE sign. Right there. And of course they lit that up rainbow colors during gay pride month. Everything is all about it. And I think to myself, these corporations are such hypocrites mm. because it's all about money for them. Mm. They don't care about the rights of the homosexual community. I guarantee you most of them don't even agree with it, right. but 
because they're threatened <clears throat> and bullied, we won't buy your products, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, they, they want the sales. They want the money from them and the advertising, frankly. Right. It's really what it is. Um, yeah. I believe, I mean, I'm sure well, there's some companies that, that really believe in it, but I think a lot of them, no, nope. Right. Look at Disney. Ugh, Disney. You know, Disney, Disney, from what I, uh, I'm not sure if they're doing this with every single movie, but I know some of the popular movies they are, uh, redoing and putting in at least one couple that is homosexual. Yes. Well, they had that same sex kiss in the Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah. Um, they made what character have, oh, Scooby-Doo. I don't think that's Disney, but they made uh, Velma gay. Oh, that's right. A, les yes, a lesbian. But yeah, all these things that Disney's going, you know, guys, if you have little kids, look, I get it. Disney World, we took our family there back in 2001. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. We had a great time. That place is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's fantastic. I, I give it that. But... But back then, okay, for us, Disney was innocent. You know, we associated it with innocent, clean children's entertainment. Mm -hmm. Well, now the woke ideologies have really crept in. And they are literally grooming the children for sexual immorality. Why would you, pay, especially if you, if you say you're a Christian, and remembering that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, everything in the earth is God's, including the money that you earn. It's his money. Why would you spend God's money to support Disney? And take your kids there and spend that, that amount of money for the admission tickets and food and whatever else there. Why would you support what they're doing? Hmm. I, I think it's being a poor steward of God's money. If you take your kids to Disney, mm -hmm. if you support them at all at this point, I think it's sinful right. personally. Right. Um, knowing what you know about Disney. They're not what you still want to hold in your heart. Um, there's plenty of other places that God created in this beautiful earth to go and visit and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Try to do something that honors him. That's just my, my personal thoughts on that. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Amen. So it says, you pushed it in every TV station across America while they had to sit there and deal with the crap for an entire month. Yet the birth of our nation, July 4th, only gets one day. Our veterans who fought for our freedom in this country only got one day. It wasn't enough. You pushed your ways into workplaces and demanded that anyone who disagrees with LGBT needs to be silenced and fired just for voicing their opinion. Mm -hmm. All for equality. It wasn't enough. You then forced your way into the schools, silencing and shaming any opposition. If anyone said anything, even us gay people, we were all silenced, shamed, and even attacked at our workplace by getting us fired. It wasn't enough. You pushed your way through convincing society that children under the age of 18 were transgender at the drop of the hat. They needed access to hormone blockers and surgery. If people disagreed, they were bigots, transphobes, haters, evil. You know what? People can call us what they want. I frankly don't care. Right. You can call me a hater. You can call me a transphobe. I'm, I'm not making these things up. I'm just following what, what our creator says. Right. Clearly says. If you want to slap false labels on me, go ahead. I know who I am in Christ. Right. I know who God sees me as. He doesn't right. see me as a transphobe or a hater mm -hmm. or a bigot. He sees me as someone who 
is well saved by his grace <laughs> and who who loves him and is doing my best to obey his commands and to love what he loves that's all we we christians need to know don't be afraid of the labels that may get slapped on you for for standing up for what's right that's that's my opinion too on that um, he goes on to say, it wasn't enough. Now you have transgender activists calling out gay men that if they don't want to accept trans men as men, that they're homophobic, even though by def definition, being gay means attracted to the same sex, not gender. You called us homophobic, transphobic, and attempted to silence us. It wasn't enough. We now have drag queens reading to kids in libraries, doing very sexual erotic dances, exposing themselves. Yet you want to call that teaching equality. If anyone spoke up against it again, you call us transphobe, homophobe, and Nazis. Paige, have you seen any of those um, videos of drag your kids to Pride Night? Um, well, I, there was one recently here in Plano, Texas. That's right. <laughs> that kind of mm. it was like at a at one of the bars. Um, I forgot what the name of the bar was, but it made all the way to um, I think it was either Fox News or might have been maybe ABC. But uh, there was a drag queen dancing in a short skirt. And I won't say the song because it was very explicit song. Mm -hmm. uh, she was praises about her genitalia. <sighs> and so she flipped up her skirt and um, had like uh, some prosthetic down there. Mm -hmm. And there were children around. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just floored that the parents... Um, did not get their kids up and, and walk out of there. Oh, that's that's just horrifying. Yeah, sacrificing their kids to Moloch. Yes. Oh, totally. you know the, the the demon god. You know, sacrificing your kids in the fire. You might as well be. Yes. That's awful, Paige. That's that's yeah. awful. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw a couple of videos too of again a man dressed as a woman, very scantily clad. And bending over and showing, you know, very suggestive pos sexual positions, having kids poke dollars into their underwear, or whatever, and just disgusting, yeah. blatant displays in front of these little children, walking them down the aisle, trying to get them to walk like they are, you know, having them walk the strip, little girls and little boys. And I just thought, wow. This is, and yeah, the parents that, oh, they should not be parents. I'm sorry. Seriously? No, I agree. Like, you know, I think of the, the verse, if you cause any one of these little ones to stumble. Right. Better yes. that a millstone be hung around your neck. Yeah. The parents need to listen up here. Yeah. Um, because they're going to have that millstone hung around their neck and they're going to yeah. sink. It's just horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Again, you know, there's a lot of the gay community that does see this. Mm. So yeah, um, they talk about the drag queens. It wasn't enough. Now we have teachers pushing LGBT ideology along with pornographic books and teaching about wild sex positions while calling it LGBT sex education. Mm. When we called it out, you called this Nazis, bigots, homophobes. Now we have more pride events with full nudity and very explicit actions being done in front of children. We have sex kink being brought into the mix in front of children. We have parents bringing their kids to pride, exposing them to this stuff. When we called it out, you screamed the same names, transphobe, homophobe, Nazi, and then some. We see what you were trying to do. You were normalizing pedophilia. 
And that's what the, the girl from PragerU, I think Amalia is her name, she talks about. She was taken to these pride parades. Mm-hmm. She remembers seeing all these people barely dressed and all the 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 sexually explicit things they were doing and then throwing out candy and condoms that are her picking it up and going, Mommy, what's this? Wow. Yeah, just just awful. So this person goes on to say, however, myself and many other sane LBGT peeps are calling you out. We're not going to let you do it. You destroyed equality for us. So we're going to make your lives miserable. You're not going to touch kids. You're not going to keep this going. It's ending now. We will call you out, expose you to all the world. When you start feeling that anger and hate flow toward you, calling us homophobe, transphobe, it is no longer going to work. You played your card too long and it ends. You only have yourself to blame because it wasn't enough for you. It won't be enough for us until every single one of you are brought to some sort of justice. You're pedophiles. You are the monsters in the shadows wanting to get close to any kid around. You want to pervert them so you can normalize grooming them. Nope, not anymore. Get ready because we're coming for you and we're bringing hell with us just for you. There's no more discussion, no more reasoning, no more anything. You brought this on you all because it wasn't enough. Sincerely, the LGBT community who just wanted equality. Hmm. And, you know, I think it is important to not lump all these people together. Right. Because they are not all like that. It is your your activist, your far-leaning people. I know gay couples who, although they're they're living a sexually immoral lifestyle, they're wonderful people in a lot of ways. Sure. Very kind, very giving would give you the shirt off their back Mm -hmm. and who are living quiet, productive lives. Again, they're still living against God's created order and they, they need to repent and come out from that lifestyle for sure. But they're not all like what we're seeing. And I don't want people to think that that's the whole LGBT community because it's not right. It's not. And so we need to keep that in mind. Okay, and that was it for part two of today's episode, Normalization of Sexual Immorality. Next week coming up is the third and final installment of the series on the normalization of sexual immorality. We will continue talking a little bit about where we're at right now, and then we will also, in next week's episode, we're going to talk about further progression that can be expected, in particular, what kind of progression, and of course, it's repercussions. So, Please come back next week for part three of this series. And special thanks again to my guest co-host, Paige Cervantes, for sharing her insights as well. If you'd like to contact Paige, you can email her at ttrainer13 at gmail.com. I just realized, I think I was thinking that was a Twitter account, and I may have said that last week, and I apologize. It is not a Twitter account. It is Paige's email. Again, it's ttrainer, T-R-A-I-N-E-R, the number 13 at gmail. So you can contact her there. So sorry, guys, for misdirecting you. And of course, you can find me at my Gmail is candlestogether at gmail.com. You can follow One Little Candle on Facebook or Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram at One Little Candle Podcast as well. And I'd like to share with you, um, as far as my books are concerned, the children's books that I have 
authored and little by little beginning to get them ready for publishing and publishing them. I have three of them out now. A fourth one is on the way shortly. And I have a dedicated website for these books. You can find these ebooks at lovintruthbooks.com. L-O-V-I-N truthbooks.com. Got a website now for it. Just click on the picture or the download button and you can read with your child these books and help to instill in them a healthy fear of the Lord and a um, love, appreciation, and a knowledge of God's perfect created order, especially his created order for gender and for his design for marriage. These are free. We really want to get these into the hands of as many parents that would like to use these as a a helpful, invaluable tool in teaching their children the important precepts of God. As the saying goes, he who gets there first wins. (laughs) Get to your children first with the truth of God, his unchanging truth that's transcendent through all ages, all cultures, all generations, nothing has changed from God's word about um, his design for marriage or gender or any of these things. It just has not changed. And our children need to know that. We need to get to them with the truth before the world gets to them with its lies, because it is in fact easier to instill something to begin with than to have to try to undo the mess and the lies that your children have been told. And it's coming at them from every angle. There's been a war declared on your children, mom and dad, your grandchildren, grandparents, directly aimed at them. It's demonic in nature. And so it's clever and just craftily twisted and repackaged. And these children, our children and grandchildren need to look at these lies that are being told. They need to to screen them. They need to have a biblical lens of which to view these lies through so they can compare them with God's unchanging, infallible truths. So that's the purpose of these books. So please check them out at loveandtruthbooks.com and you can expect to see more on the way. And also if you know someone or perhaps you yourself have authored um, that type of a book and written one, but you don't, you don't know what to do with it, you want to make it available, please contact me. You can contact me via Love and Truth Book, the website, or candles together at gmail.com. Let me know. I'd love to see it and we can uh, communicate about it and also make your ebook available to um, parents and children as well. All right, song for the day. It's a song called Guard Your Heart by Steve Green. It's on YouTube, and I will share the link in the podcast description. I think it's great for today. Um, the Casting Crowns did a version of that song as well, but I, I just I think it's great. So check it out, and I hope it really inspires you and is a powerful reminder to guard your heart. And so we've come to being that one little candle, the light in the darkness in your own little corner of the world. What can you do to be that one little candle? I'm pretty much going to say the same thing I said last week in part one of this episode, and that is, of course, guard your heart, right? But educate yourselves on these subjects, especially the hot topic, um, same-sex marriage, homosexuality, 
transgenderism, all these things, you need to know what your kids and your grandchildren are being told in the schools, on social media, especially TikTok. You know, um, I wish they would just make that illegal. But other social media websites are guilty too. But your kids are hearing these things from their friends at school, from teachers, uh, from the curriculum that they're being taught in public schools. And they're hearing them from television, radio, magazines, billboards, you name it. It's just coming at them from every direction. You cannot completely shelter them from this mom and dad. You might think you are. Trust me, you're not. The enemy has his ways. He's very slick. And you really need to keep yourselves, you know, you can't give your kids what you don't have, right? And if you don't have a good knowledge of what's going on and the lies that are being told and the avenues in which your children are being bombarded, you can't really effectively help them. So please make it your business. I know you're busy. We're all busy. And this is what the enemy counts on. This is what the activists count on. They count on parents being too busy with their everyday lives, just trying to pay the bills, too busy because they make this their life's mission. Don't forget many of these people that are out there grooming our children. We need to take the time. And I think you'd be surprised where you can find the time. Put down the phone, put down the social media, (laughs) Uh, you know, use that time to investigate the truth. It's out there. You got to search for it, of course, through doctrinally sound Christian avenues. And actually, I have resources with with links that you can just click on the links. I have resources for parents in the backs of my books, my ebooks. They may be internet sources, organizations, sermons, and books. I provide those resources to equip you even further after you've read your children those books. So make it your mission to protect your children, your grandchildren from the lies that may swallow them whole if we're not careful. Okay, and so I just want to, I did not do this last week, I want to give a shout out to my listeners in Hong Kong, Switzerland, and Turkey. I don't know if um, I had mentioned Turkey before. You would think I would keep a, a running list of who I have reached out to to say hello to and thank you. But Hong Kong, Turkey, Switzerland this week. Thank you so very much for taking the time to um, check out one little candle to, to, to listen. I really appreciate it. And I pray that in your corner of the world, this podcast has indeed empowered and strengthened you and blessed you and helped you to be that light where you live. Thank you again, Hong Kong, Turkey, and Switzerland, those of you out there. As I always invite people to drop me a line, say hello, candles together at gmail.com or over Instagram, one little candle podcast. Um, love to hear from you. All right, my friends, until next time, you take care and God bless.